When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. If this trade ends up going through, James Harden will start the 2023-24 season on his fourth team since requesting a trade away from the Houston Rockets in 2021. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Joe Fortenbaugh, glad to have you with us here on this Friday morning. This show, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, as you heard there from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, James Harden likely to be on the move. Yesterday, he opts into his $36.5 million player option, which means he probably looked at the rest of his market and said, hey, I'm not going to get more than this, probably not going to get the years that I want, coupled with the dollars that I want, Joe Fortenbaugh. So the safest option here without having a solid backup option was to opt in, and now the Philadelphia 76ers are primed to look for a trade partner, whether that is the Los Angeles Clippers or the New York Knicks. Those are the two names that have been floated out there. The more I think about it, though, for Philadelphia to acquire someone to replace James Harden in the backcourt, the Los Angeles Clippers might be their best bet. I mean, this is a trade that's not going to include Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. I think that you can go ahead and safely say that they would stay in Los Angeles and that the Clippers would be looking to acquire someone to play alongside them. That has been their MO. They always feel like they are a player away. If that player away is James Harden, then the assets that Philly could get from L.A., could be coupled together for this team to go after Damian Lillard. Let's start with this, because I think the Lillard angle here is fascinating. But I want to start with this. Going back to your point that Harden is opting in because he clearly had his representation scour the NBA for the best possible deal, and it looks like there's one that's not out there. Now, Philadelphia had the ability to sign him for four years, $213 million. They're clearly not going to do that. Any other team, Houston, for example, I believe could have signed him to a max deal of four years, $205 million. Does it surprise you that we've reached a point in James Harden's evolution in the NBA that people are done forking over that type of money for his services because this is a sport that hands out a lot of money to players where every now and again, you're thinking to yourself, how is he getting 30 plus million? Like Tobias Harris is making over $35 million a year. And people in Philadelphia scratch their head at that because he's only giving you 15 points per game. It's not to knock Harris. He does other things and he wasn't a primary scoring option, but that's how people think. Mm -hmm. Harden no longer being offered these types of deals. What do you think that says about the NBA? Well, I think it says they've figured out that he's not going to return to that 2018 form. The scoring James Harden, the MVP version of James Harden, that version's gone. And that's okay. The evolution of his career when he's going to be 34 years old playing this year, Joe, is that he's a distributor. It's kind of what we saw last year. I mean, he obviously led the league in assists, but him in the juxtaposition with Tyrese Maxey, that took away from what Tyrese Maxey 
was able to do in terms of reaching his potential and seeing where his ceiling is. James Harden was so on-ball dominant in Philadelphia, and for him to be able to have the offense run through him, I think that's a role he's more comfortable with than being the guy that has to put up 40-plus points in a playoff game, which he did twice in that Boston series. But then you get really streaky performances, which has been his MO throughout his career. I don't think anybody in the NBA right now was looking like the four years, $213 million max. That is the most he could be offered. Philly was the only team that was able to do that. I think that you look at this, if you're James Harden and his representation, they come together yesterday before they end up opting in and they say, Hey, I don't know if you really have much of a market. We don't, you know, the best path is to bypass free agency to put you on a path for a preferred destination via the $35.6 million player option. Now, you know, that's going to dictate how this is going to dictate how a lot of moves go in free agency with some of the guards that, you know, are currently under contract elsewhere, Damian Lillard, for example, what the, 76ers do with James Harden first and foremost might start funneling a lot of different moves but I just look at the absurd numbers that we see lofted every single year in free agency James Harden a beneficiary of it at other points of his career but remember he took a pay cut last year for this team to go out and you know with the PJ Walker deal and Daniel House that's what Philadelphia sold him on sign the one and one we're going to put some more pieces together here and we are going to have a group that is capable of contending Well, they reached their ceiling with what this James Harden-Joel Embiid pairing is with the roster that was currently constructed around them, and that was the second-round exit in seven games where it was James Harden who didn't show up in game six or seven and led to their demise and them being out of the playoffs uh, before the beginning of June. All right, now to the fun part of your earlier question regarding Damian Lillard and the Philadelphia 76ers. Full disclosure, I'm a Sixers fan. If you could make this move in any way, shape, or form, without having to give up Embiid, which you would never do, or Tyrese Maxey, I would love that more than any move they've done in that city, probably since they found a way to acquire Terrell Owens to put the Eagles over the top. Like, the Eagles had had three straight trips to the NFC Championship game. They could not get to the Super Bowl. They were using guys like James Thrash and Todd Pinkston at wide receiver, Freddie Mitchell, everyone knows Fred X. That was a complete disaster. Owens came over. T.O. took them to the next level. And that, as a Philadelphia fan, I know some will say when Harper signed with the Phillies, that was one of the all-time, all-time off-season moves because you knew that's what could get the Eagles to the next level. If the Sixers are going to get to the next level, they need a killer. That's what it comes down to, plain and simple. They had one with Jimmy Butler. They let him go because they sided with Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons instead. That's history. That's in the past. You got to move move through it. But Joel Embiid is not that killer. He's a guy that can win and play at an MVP level, but he was needed to close out that series against Boston. I will never get over the fact that the Sixers were up to, at home, game six, finally a chance to get to the next level, finally a chance to go to the conference finals, and they scored three points over the final four and a half minutes of that game, and then went on to lose game seven. Embiid is a beast, but you need that killer who can take over at the end of games, and that is Damian Lillard. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey can get there. If he can, it wouldn't surprise me. But if there is a way to get Lillard in Philadelphia, 
that's going to be as exciting for me as when Terrell Owens came over to the Eagles because that would be the sign to me that this organization could finally take the next step and start playing in the championship rounds rather than fizzling out in the second round of the playoffs every year for the last six seasons, save for the year they got swept out in the bubble by the Celtics in the opening round. Well, doesn't it scare you the thought that they might not be able to get this right because like no it would be status quo if they don't get this right they have gotten so little right it will not scare me at all that's what we call status quo in philadelphia finding ways to get to the playoffs and lose wouldn't not make you have some pause if like and i and i know that damian lillard is going to be expensive i'd love to see a backcourt that has damian lillard and tyrese maxi in it i just worry that all right say james harden's out they get the they trade him to the clippers they use the assets that they have from the clippers for Damian Lillard, but there's going to have to be a player in that trade. Of all the scenarios that we've worked through with Miami, with Brooklyn even, it's included draft capital and a high-level shooter, mid- to high-level shooter in there as well to replace what you some of what you lose with Damian Lillard. I'd be afraid that the cost would end up being too high, even though the 76ers absolutely need to do something because they're in a window to win right now. If you have this gap year, Who's to say James uh, Joel Embiid is not going to look at the Philadelphia 76ers next offseason and say, I can't waste any more time. I'm a big man. My career arc is far, far lower than most other positions, and my time playing at an elite level is ticking. If he ends up leaving, I mean, of course, you can throw the process out the window. All you want and look back at this is some years that really, really did not amount to much of anything other than a couple appearances in the second round. I feel like of any team that's got to be aggressive here in free agency and via the trade market too, Philly can't afford to waste any time making sure that they upgrade the spot that James Harden very likely leaves vacant here, whether it's Damian Lillard, whether it's Kyrie Irving, whether it's really anybody to make sure that you can still be in this window to win next season. That answers your question though. When you said about how high the cost would be to bring him in, how high is the cost of not bringing him in, taking a step back, and then Joel Embiid asks for a trade? Because that's the end. When that day comes, that's the end. You're blowing it all up, and you're starting all over again, and we can run it back with trust the process and get very excited about the idea of losing lots of games to get high draft picks, to draft good players, to maybe go on and win one day. Like There is no cost that's too high. This whole this is no longer in its infancy. This is no longer a nice team that's on the rise. They've been to the playoffs six straight years. They haven't gotten past the second round. During that six-year stretch, 14 of 30 NBA teams have been to the conference finals. 14 of 30. That's damn near half the league. They are one of the teams that hasn't. They have an MVP who's never been to the conference finals. You go through the list of MVPs in NBA history... Good luck finding one that's never been to a conference finals. You could end up losing that guy down the road. So now is the time to throw all your caution to the wind. Maxi, don't trade him. Embiid, don't trade him. Other than that, bring in Damian Lillard and see what you can do. Because what else is out there? What are your other options? You clearly don't want to run it back with Harden. Good move. I like the idea that he's going to opt in and you can get some assets in return. Fred Van Vliet is a free agent. I don't think that's a terrible move to run the point for Philadelphia because then you can find a way to keep Tobias Harris in the mix and that'd be a formidable starting five. But there's not a lot else out there. Boston got better with Porzingis. If Milwaukee figures out a way to bring back Middleton and Lopez, they're going to be formidable. Miami's not going anywhere. The Knicks are getting better and the Cavs are getting better. It's a tough conference. 
you need to do something to get to the next level or you're just going to sit there hanging out in the second round of the playoffs before Joel Embiid eventually has to be on his way and then you're at square one all over again. Dare I ask how you'd feel about a Kyrie Irving no. replacement? No. Yes, okay, dare you ask. Okay. Dare, Sorry. dare you not ask. Dare Sorry, you not ask. I, I had to because his name's been floated out oh, there. So he's y'all awesome. Know. He's an awesome basketball player, but you have to be able to play basketball in order to win in the postseason and to advance in the playoffs, and I don't know if you can trust him to be around. I mean, at every uh, this is another guy where at every turn he's on a different team. Like It didn't go great at the end with LeBron, so he wanted to go to Boston. It didn't work in Boston. It didn't work in Brooklyn. The guy has a lot of things going on in his life. He's got a lot of interests. He's got a lot of things he's outspoken on. Good. I got no problems with any of that. But we're talking about basketball. And if we're talking about winning championships in Philadelphia, you need basketball players who are going to play basketball and play it well when it matters. Harden doesn't necessarily play well when it matters. Kyrie sometimes doesn't play at all. You need guys who can play first and foremost. Well, I guess I found the answer to my own question. Uh, I will not ask volatile questions here anymore on Keyshawn. It's a very sensitive subject. I am so sorry. I did not mean to upset you this early in the morning. (laughs) But it is a name that's been floated out there, whether it's Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard. They will likely have a new guard in the backcourt, whether it's with Tyrese Maxey or not, in Philadelphia next year because James Harden likely to be on the move after opting into that player option. Straight ahead, we'll ask a former general manager – about some of the bigger storylines that maybe we're not tracking as much ahead of NBA free agency, just under 10 hours away, right here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Joe Fortenbaugh, wishing you a happy pre-4th of July weekend. Happy Friday. Hope you are enjoying your summer. We know we are because we've got NBA free agency on the top of mind. It begins 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Whole lot of moves 
already taking place. Here to help us break it all down, ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks joining the show. And Bobby, I know you're busy right now tracking everything. We had the big news yesterday about James Harden opting into his $35.6 million player option. And then some names were floated about potential sign-and-trade destinations for him, the Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Knicks. As you sort through those two teams, do either of them make more – does one make more sense than the other? And are there any other names right now that might enter the conversation on James Harden? Yeah, I mean, I think from the perspective of the Clippers, it makes sense for them just based on what they would have to give up. Certainly not Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, but they've got a lot of expiring contracts with Nick Batum and Robert Covington and Marcus Morris. They don't have a draft pick to trade until 2028. They also have Norman Powell. I just don't know what those players do for Philadelphia right now. It's basically just kind of a, you know, we're getting a, a pick and a bunch of expiring contracts. You know, I went through yesterday when New York got floated out, I went through a bunch of scenarios and it was really just hard to get to where the money would be. Certainly New York has a lot of draft picks. And then this morning I said, well, if, if New York's going to do it, it's going to have to probably cost them a little bit. And we, you know, kind of put together a package of, you know, Evan Fournier, who's on an expiring contract. And then you got to get to, you got to get to that $35 million number close to it. So right around 32, 33. And we put Isaiah Hartenstein. And then here's the big thing for New York would be, are you willing to kind of part ways with Emmanuel quickly? And that's the big question that teams are going to face with for a guy in Harden on an expiring contract will be 35 next year is not extension eligible. And you basically have him for one year, um, and for New York, I don't think it's going to be Julius Randle. I don't see how that fits with Philadelphia here, but quickly would be the guy if I am Philadelphia that I would be zeroing in on if um, if you know if there's some type of deal out there. Once Philadelphia moves on from James Harden, that creates a bit of a void. Uh, the name Damian Lillard has been floated. Obviously, as a fan, that'll get you very excited. But is that even feasible? In, in a world where Philadelphia could acquire Damian Lillard to pair with Joel Embiid? Well, I mean, it would cost you probably Tyrese Maxey, um, Tobias Harris. And here's the other thing. Philadelphia doesn't have draft equity until 2030. Um, that's the most they can, as far as from an appeal, um, send out in a, in a deal here. And, you know, I, I certainly I like Tyrese Maxey a lot. I think he has a chance to, be, to become an all-star. Um that's the most they can do. I mean, that, that's now is that appealing to Portland um, because you don't really get the draft assets, but you get a you got pro, you get probably the best player that would become available, probably better in you know certainly better than probably Tyler Hero, better than what maybe Brooklyn can put together if it's based fo- solely just on the player. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So the replacement for James Harden, we just floated Damian Lillard, one that I don't know has been out there as much, Fred Van Vliet. So we know he opted out of his contract. He's set to become a free agent here in a matter of hours. Is there any any buzz or any likelihood that he would want to join forces again with Nick Nurse? He spent, I believe it was five or six seasons with him in Toronto, or is it a foregone conclusion that he's likely headed to Houston? I think the challenge with getting Fred to Philadelphia is because it would have to be some type of sign and trade um, because he is a free agent. And then you have to have uh, Philadelphia, I mean, Toronto to cooperate with you. And now who are you sending from, from Philadelphia? You know, you'd love to send Tobias Harris and, and a future first here, but I don't know if, 
I don't know if that makes sense from the perspective of, um, you know, certainly of Toronto. It's a little, you know, Harden's easier because he's opted in and then you can just trade him. Where Fred, it's, you know, trying to make the math work as far as him opting in. And then, of course, I mean, him doing a sign and trade and then having Toronto cooperate it would be similar to what we saw with, um, with Miami a few years ago with Kyle Lowry, who went to, who went to the Heat. Um, I think for Fred, it's either t- back to Toronto or you know certainly back certainly to Houston on a um, on a pretty lucrative contract. Kyrie Irving and the Dallas Mavericks—that seems to be the favorite in terms of if you were laying odds as to where he's going to end up. But if he doesn't end up back with Dallas, who would be the most likely suitor? Well, he's the ultimate wild card because does money really matter to him? I mean, that's the big thing. If 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 you know if he's going to spurn Dallas as far as, you know, maybe he's upset as far as maybe what they're offering. And if they're not going to offer, I don't think they're going to offer five for, for 276. That's the number. Um, is it three or four years? Would he just say, you know what? I want to go somewhere. I want to go to the Lakers and play for the $12.4 million non-tax mid-level. And I'll leave $100 million on the table. Because outside of Dallas, the market really the market really shrinks. It really does because it's it's kind of a domino effect if Van Vliet goes to Houston and that takes them off the table. And I just don't see any of those cap space teams, whether it be Detroit or Indiana or Orlando, even San Antonio, um, coming into play here. And then it would have to, as we talked about, Fred would have to be a sign and trade and Dallas would have to cooperate. And that's why, you know, when we hear, we hear Phoenix being mentioned, it's like, okay, does he want to go there for the veteran minimum exception? Because that's really all they have. Listen, who knows what Kyrie would do? Maybe he would do that. Um, it couldn't be a sign and trade because of where their salaries are, even with Aiton, unless Kyrie wants to come in at like $15 million. But I think it's back to Dallas. And I just think it's a matter of is he willing to kind of accept a, a salary that's in that like 38 to $40 million range? Bobby, before we let you go, Milwaukee is an interesting team in free agency. We don't talk enough about them for some reason, but buried under the radar is the fact that Chris Middleton opted out of that $40 million player option and Brooke Lopez reached the end of that four-year $52 million contract he signed in 2019. Is the idea that both of them are going to return to Milwaukee, is that – does that have a strong, pretty strong conviction, or do we think that both of these two might be on the move here, even in the matter of a couple hours? I would say Chris Middleton back to Milwaukee just because, um, you know, he opted out of that $40 million number. And I always say it's, you know, when you opt out, it's you better have something waiting for you here. Um, so I would say yes on Middleton. Not so sure. On, on, I don't think so um, on Lopez. I mean, if you're asking me right now, do you think Brooke Lopez will be in a Milwaukee uniform training camp? I'd say probably not. He was eligible to sign an extension for four for 53 that was not presented to him. Um, I don't know how Brooke looks at that. And he's going to get more than $13 million a year that he could have made here. I think he's going to get $20 million. Um, so is it going to be Houston? Does Milwaukee come in and, and give him a, a, a big offer where it's going to cost him more than it was during the regular season? Um, Brooks pretty interesting because if you lose Brook, it's not like you, who do you have to replace him? Bobby Portis. I mean, that's your best. You're basically starting center. And I think that roster certainly takes, takes a hit here. 
And if all of those things happen, of course, the conversation will only be centered on Giannis Antetokounmpo and his future and what he wants going forward. He is Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. NBA Today, free agency special coming your way 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time and then following the start of free agency 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. Straight ahead, our ESPN Radio Rankem Series continues. Joe and I give you our top five off-season additions coming your way right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 69 days until the start of the 2023 NFL season begins. Kansas City, the night they received their rings in front of a full crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. They're hosting the Detroit Lions. That'll kick things off here for another exciting year in the NFL. And there was a whole lot of action couple months ago in free agency, a lot of rosters changing their shape. Some quarterbacks also on the move and those getting some pretty big deals along with that. This is Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. I'm Courtney Cronin, and we're sitting in for the guys on this Friday morning going through our list of the top five NFL offseason additions as part of ESPN Radio's Rankem series. We've done wide receivers. We've done running backs. We've done the top five fan bases, the top five rookies we expect to finish uh, in terms of production in the 2023 season. Now it's on to the off-season additions. Joe, the floor is yours. Oh, we're not doing the number five this time. I stepped number all five. over the last. <laughs> there we go. I didn't know if you wanted now it. Now it's a classic number five. troll job. That's all this has become at this point. Now it's a classic troll job. Job well done, gentlemen. Dalvin Tomlinson, defensive tackle, Cleveland Browns, will be my number five selection. Four-year, $57 million deal to come over as a free agent for a durable player. 93 of a potential 98 games he has appeared in. This is a big signing for Cleveland because they've had problems along the interior defensive line seemingly for a decade. You need guys in there to help free up Miles Garrett so they can do what they do on the outside. Cleveland was 19th in scoring defense last season, but they're a very good running team with Nick Chubb. And if you can run the ball and you can play defense like they do in San Francisco, you can control tempo. And if you can control tempo, you can control the flow of the game and you can dictate in your favor. That's what makes San Francisco such a nasty organization. For Cleveland, this is an opportunity this year with Deshaun Watson stepping into year two 
after coming off the suspension. A lot of rust last year. Cleveland could be a team on the rise. I think they are. This is a big signing for the defense, no doubt. All right, my number five is Derek Carr going from Las Vegas after he was released to the New Orleans Saints as a free agent, the big quarterback domino, the first one to fall before we saw Lamar Jackson get his extension and then Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets. But I look at all of the pros for Derek Carr versus the cons. This league is very hot and cold on him, but we know he's a prolific passer, a four-time pro bowler. He became the Raiders' all-time touchdown passing leader this past season. He's the only quarterback in Raiders history to throw for 30,000 yards. He goes to an offense that needs a boost. It isn't just the playmakers that they had and then didn't have this these last couple seasons. It's the quarterback play that frankly has been pretty mid with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. They're in a winnable division. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. They're looking for that boost at quarterback to boost the rest of the roster. He's a leader on and off the field. I think it'll be a win-win scenario. Derek Carr getting the fresh start this this many years into his career. He got into the league in 2014. All those years with the Raiders, now he is joining the New Orleans Saints for the 2023 season, reuniting with Dennis Allen, who was his coach for a short period of time out in Los, or out in Oakland, rather. What's next? Number four. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, Miami Dolphins. Just because the Rams stunk last season doesn't mean you should forget about what Ramsey brings to the table. 28 years old, six straight trips to the Pro Bowl, and now you're going to pair him alongside Xavier Howard, the other cornerback in Miami, forming what many would believe is the best one-two punch at the cornerback position with the possible exception of James Bradbury and Darius Slay in Philadelphia. This Miami team can score as long as Tua Tungavailoa is healthy. They've got playmakers all over the offense. The problem when it comes to competing at the highest level is the defense. 24th in scoring defense last year, 14th in opponent yards per play. They were a nine-win team in Mike McDaniel's first year on the job in Miami. You improve this defense, you improve the win total. Don't be surprised if Miami wins the AFC East this year while everyone's looking at the Bills and the Jets. Jalen Ramsey, offseason acquisition number four in my book. All right, I'm also going defense for my fourth offseason acquisition. Javon Hargrave decided to tap into the very, very lucrative market for defensive tackles in free agency. He leaves Philadelphia after being a part of a defensive line unit that generated 70 sacks. That was league high last year. 18 and a half for him over the last two seasons. And what does he do? He joins the San Francisco 49ers defensive line that already has Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead part of its pass rush. So, the rich continue to get richer defensively for the San Francisco 49ers. And Javon Hargrave, along the way, gets his bag a very big contract extension for the three technique. Number three. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. I know a lot of people will say that this should be number one. I don't think it ultimately ends in a Super Bowl, but I think it's enough to get on the list. If, it, if I thought this was going to end in a Super Bowl, then yeah, I'd probably put it to number one. But it's number three. The Jets haven't been to the playoffs since 2010. They have seven playoff wins since 1986. This is the type of move that puts you back in that territory, competing in the postseason. Rodgers comes in, he gives you instant credibility, and he improves an offense that somehow managed, what, seven wins last season, despite Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson taking turns 
on offense at the most important position in the game. Garrett Wilson was your offensive rookie of the year. You can play defense. The offensive line has its concerns, but ultimately Rodgers should be there to put you over the top and get you back to the postseason. So he's offseason move number three for me. Okay, this is not home cooking, even though I cover the Chicago Bears. This is fully objective because I'm looking at Justin Fields going into year three and all of the pieces that the Bears put around him, starting with DJ Moore. They got him in exchange for the number one overall draft pick when they sent that to Carolina, and they got a player who, no matter who his quarterback was over the last six years, he has produced Three straight seasons of 1,100 receiving yards. He's coming off a career-high seven touchdowns. He's the number one option that a young quarterback needs to show, hey, I'm either a franchise quarterback or I'm not. DJ Moore will elevate this offense. He's already done it so far from what I've been able to see in OTAs and minicamp. Come training camp, the connection that those two have already formed is going to be off and running in a way that, Fields was not in a way that was just not prevalent last year with Fields and any of his receivers. DJ Moore is a top 15 receiver. Some might have him in a top 10 list. He is a very, very good talent in going to help this Bears offense get on track this year after having a league worst 130.5 passing yards per game last season. Number two. Javon Hargrave, San Francisco defensive tackle. Not a lot to add based on what you laid out earlier because you had him on your list as well. 11 sacks last season. San Francisco has been so dominant the last few years because they're exceptional at running the football and playing a high level of defense. And when you can do that, like I mentioned earlier, you can dictate the tempo of the game and swing it in your favor. The problem for the Niners is that the defensive line, which is the key to all of this, has been a little suspect because of Javon Kinlaw, first-round pick out of South Carolina a few years back. He has not materialized into the player they were hoping he would. So insert Hargrave here, who can bolster that defensive line, which is set to be handing over a ton of money to Nick Bosa in the very near future. This might not be as splashy as Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, but it is extremely important in what San Francisco does in keeping them at the hierarchy or at least top of the hierarchy in the NFC. Javon Hargrave, number two to the Niners on my list. Speaking of Rodgers, that is my number two. If this pans out the way that they hope it does because of what they had to give up in the, you know, battle that they had with the Green Bay Packers to finally get this deal done a couple months ago, then it means that the Jets are in the playoffs, which is a word that is not synonymous with that franchise. And you bring in a quarterback who is expected to elevate everything around him offensively. The defense on the Jets has a window to win right now. They absolutely had to go all in to land Aaron Rodgers to take this team to places where it hasn't been. Unfortunately, they're in like the hardest division in the NFL. Oddly enough, that's what the AFC East has become over the last couple of years. I don't know if that means they're going to finish third, maybe second. I still think it's Buffalo's division until it's not. But Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, a no-brainer number two on my offseason acquisition list. Number one. Going to go to the coaching carousel. Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator, Miami Dolphins. This could be the most impactful move made this past offseason. People could think that's crazy, but look at Miami. They were a nine-win team that can score a lot of points. There's a lot to like about the offense. There's a lot to like about head coach Mike McDaniel and his play calling. The defense is what killed them last year. 24th in scoring, 14th in opponent yards per play. Vic Fangio, one of the most renowned defensive coordinators in the game. He's coming in. Jay 
Jalen Ramsey is going to be joining him, as mentioned earlier. You turn that defense around in Miami, they don't need to be elite. But if you're talking about a top 10 unit and Tua stays healthy, this team wins the AFC East. All right. Speaking of a former Denver Broncos coach and Vic Fangio, I'm going with the current head coach of the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, coming out of the one-year hiatus. He was traded with another pick to the Denver Broncos, traded for another pick to the Denver Broncos. He's the one who's expected to help Russell Wilson recapture what made him so good, what made the Denver Broncos go after him in the first place. He can capitalize on the deep ball accuracy. He can actually disguise plays because they were not able to do that for whatever reason under Nathaniel Hackett and last year became an abject disaster for the Denver Broncos. They are hedging everything on the head coach, winning his head coach in Saints history, being able to turn their offense around and turn their fortune around because of how much they how many resources they tied up into quarterback Russell Wilson. If it doesn't work out with Sean Payton, it's probably not going to work out with anybody as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. They're trying to make some noise in the AFC West this year. They've got the right head coach to right that ship. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance Straight Ahead. More on our off-season list. Do you like them? Do you not like them? 888-729-3776. Plus, free agency in the NBA. Only a matter of hours away. We get you updated on the latest storylines and players that might be on the move. Coming up next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Courtney Cronin, Joe Fortenbaugh, my gambling expert, the person I turn to whenever I need advice. We're here to help you out if you fall into that latter category, much like Alan Yates, who's in production for us back in Bristol. Yates, like, I know you've really struggled with this, and you break (laughs) your own rules all the time, so we got Joe in today to help you. Your 10 band commandments. Um... Please go ahead and tell us your strategy for betting and yeah. why it's not working. So I'm not going to say I'm an amazing better, but I'm also not a bad better, but I make a lot of poor decisions. Yeah. So I have now created things that I'm going to try to live by. 
So, Joe, number one. So, so moving forward, this is these are your commandments for the upcoming NFL season. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to make sure that I don't lose parlays on one leg because I'm chasing some like third string receivers to get 40 yards. You know. Okay. So, got it. Not, my first rule is bankroll management. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. You know, we don't want to chase the rabbit just to chase the rabbit. Number well, two. Well, the, the words the words bankroll management sound good. Are you actually practicing bankroll management, or are you just saying the words out loud? No, I'm 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 actively practicing it. You know, okay, I'm gonna, good. You're I'm not gonna... chasing losses. No. You're not betting outside your means. You're being responsible. Yes, that's that's okay. that's number one. And and on the same token with that, number two is going to be no angry betting because you know you lose a one o'clock window bet. I'm going to get them for the four o'clock game. Can't do it. You know, it's bad. Brother, there is nothing like that Sunday night football game when you are down big chasing your losses. That Sunday night game in some weeks for me has meant literally nothing right up until the moment where it suddenly means everything. And not because I came across some great information. It's just the last game of the weekend and we got to get it back. So, yeah, no angry betting. Very <laughs> smart decision as well. So and then my third one is going to be so I, I, I do a parlays a lot. And I found that I keep losing them because I'm putting like anytime touchdowns on them, right? Oh, I hit the no yards. Way. So my third rule is no TDs on any parlays unless it's a standalone night game. So Sunday okay. night game. Okay. So like I like that. that one. Here's what I have to say to that. And I know you're not going to like this. And I know a lot of people listening are not going to like this. Parlays are sucker bets. They exist because they do very, very well for the casino. Now, you have sent me several parlays that have won <laughs> in the past. Very proud of you for those. Thank you've you. also Thank told me about several where you've just missed by one. And it's like, oh, I was so close to betting a little and winning a lot. If not for this one thing happening. Parlays are sucker bets. For everyone listening out there, they are sucker bets. So if you are going to proceed down that path... You have to understand that you are operating at a disadvantage from the get-go. Yeah, and and so on that same token, my next one is literally... It seems like I just gave you that advice and you could not have moved on from it no, faster. No, because it, is it, that what just happened? No, my next rule ties into it because it's trust the straight bet. Trust That's the my, straight bet. Trust the straight bet. I personally need to trust the straight bet more because I okay. don't. Because I, if, if I just took my parlays and straighted them out, I would be great. I'd be really good, but I don't, and, you know. I That's the thing. That you hit, like, five or six, and you're like, man, I was so close. And it's like, well, if you bet those straight, you would have gone five and one and turned a nice profit. Instead, you went five and one and lost money. Lost everything. So Yeah, you know, so get away from the parlays. I got to build. You're right. You're right. That's also going to be a rule. And um, <laughs> that can't – how can rule number four be no more – scoring a touchdown part of my parlay and then rule number six no more parlays <laughs> well i didn't put them you in think order. moses came down from mount what was it sinai with two tablets on one hand you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that lie <laughs> i the, the more i was about to go with that the more i, I realized say, i think the right tablet had all straight sorted hopefully yeah good, yeah <laughs> so, no parlays a uh, commandment number nine exactly. from moses all right go ahead my next one is <laughs> Simply no betting on Thursday games. I don't. I can't trust them. I feel I like you know it's too much going on. The team might play in a one o'clock window on Sunday. They're playing a team in a four o'clock window. I like my guys to have rest if I'm putting money on them. So no Thursday night bets at all for me. Yeah. See, I like the unpredictable, unpredictable nature of the Thursday night game. Sometimes you get a really great situation where a team is in a really bad spot. For example, there was a Thursday night game. It was years ago. It was I think it was the Niners 
had to travel to Tennessee on a Thursday night, which is brutal. You play Sunday and you have to go all the way across the country four days later, and they just walked right into a trap. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's Niners had to do that, I believe, on Thanksgiving once against John Harbaugh's Ravens, and the Ravens caught him. So sometimes you can find really good scheduling spots there. Don't rule Thursday nights out. There are opportunities there. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind. Unders, too. When you have a quick turnaround, a lot of times you get unders on Thursday nights. For sure. For sure. Pat's going to love this one. It's keeping my parlays to five to six legs for sure because he Oh, always, not 14? No. I mean, those are those are those are different. Those Again, are different. Do going those back exist to the anymore? whole no parlays thing. <laughs> you talking to your child? How this is also, How many You know how many parlay rules you have in place? All these parlay rules should be telling you not to do parlays. Yeah, the more if you I go have through four the list, separate like, rules for parlays, don't do parlays. Yeah, this is so. <laughs> so my next one was going to be only betting the one o'clock window in terms of in terms of spread. So if I go round robin, you know, eight games in the one o'clock window, I think I can get four or five of them right to turn profit. All right, rule number two: Hopefully. if you're not betting parlays, don't bet round robins. How about that's another rule we throw in there. Why just stick to the sh- and you're so good with the props. Why don't you just focus on the props? Because that leads into my next my next rule, which is don't chase the plus money because that's when I lose the props because I'm chasing the plus money legs or the alternates for like yards and such. Oh, yeah, man. but you can find good value in some of those spots, especially in the UFC. What are you going to do? You're not going to bet a plus one fifty underdog because you don't want to chase. All right. <laughs> Al locked in his new betting commandments. Lock it in. Brought to you by Gorilla for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming up next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.